What's going on, guys? So, the week three edition of Fantasy Baseball Dynasty League podcast. I'm going to be doing a week two recap, a week three preview, dropping the week three power rankings, and yeah, just going to bullshit for a little bit. Uh, We had a pretty big week, week two. Um, We got two in the books now. Things are uh, things are getting interesting. I don't <laughs> I don't think anyone predicted it, but the number one team in the league right now is the team that everybody not everybody but the majority had pegged as the number twelve team, and that is the Boston Red Sox. So congrats to Blake for two strong weeks to start the season. Uh, let me pull up the standings real quick. I looked at it this morning. He has the best record by win percentage. There's like three or four teams that are right there. He's sitting on a 625 win percentage. There's two teams right behind him at 607, St. Louis and, believe it or not, Seattle, another team who uh, most most had pegged as one of the bottom teams in the league. So that's, it's, it's I mean, it's fantasy baseball, guys. It's fantasy baseball. Uh, and, you know, when we do these rankings, they're all, it's all just bullshit. It's all whatever. It's also only two weeks into the season, so we could see a big change. If you remember to last year, if you look back to last year, Boston uh, started the season real strong, and he held on for about three-fourths of the year, sitting in about first, second, and I think he inevitably ended up finishing third. I mean, it's it's a war of attrition, and we all know that. So, yeah, let's go ahead and let's just take a look. Let's take a look at uh, the Week 2 matchups and what happened. Um We'll start with Chicago and Miami. We'll start with, uh, which division is that? It's the Pacific Coast Division, the Pacific Coast League. Miami and Chicago. Uh, Miami, our newest member, David. I know I've said it a thousand times. I'm going to probably say it again for another like six or eight weeks. Um, His team looked really solid week one. He got a huge bump up in the power rankings. He was originally ranked at seven. Going into week two, he got bumped up all the way to four after his monstrous week one uh, showing. Week two, though, a little lackluster. Uh, Tyler took him out to the shed and uh, welcomed him to the league. Tyler pretty much dominated hitting. Uh, he took runs, home runs, total bases, RBIs, all by a good good amount. They tied in walks, and Miami pulled out stolen bases with five. Five's a, a solid number for a week. His average was down a little bit. You could easily attribute him losing those four categories, runs, home runs, total bases, and RBIs. You could attribute that probably to his average. He hit about 40 points below where Chicago sat. And then on the pitching side, it was a little bit closer as far as the quality starts, wins, and saves, all separated by one or two. ERA and whip, I mean, Tyler had a hell of a week on the pitching side. So Chicago takes... That one, 10-3, and we will go ahead and reference my picks from last week, which were better than week one, but still, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, they were, no, they were the same as week one. Week one, I went two and four. This week, I also went two and four, and this is one that I missed. I actually had Miami taking this one. I'm sorry, I had the wrong tab pulled up. I had Miami winning by almost the opposite score, so... Congrats to Tyler on the Week 2 victory. Uh, We'll jump to the other game in that division. This one was really close. Uh, It wasn't all that close on Saturday, I believe, but Bobby was able to 
to shorten up the the lead that Justin held. St. Louis took down Milwaukee seven six. Um, if you go down the stats, Justin just continues to hammer out quality starts and wins. He had seven and nine this week. I mean, those are monster numbers for a week. Four holds. We knew Justin. We knew St. Louis would be a good holds team. Um, ERA at three. Three's not bad, but when the other person's throwing up a two-two-seven, I mean, that's tough to beat. Uh, Milwaukee pulled off whip just by a little bit. He had three saves. Justin had zero, but I mean, we know that St. Louis is running for just holds. Uh, and then on the offensive side, the hitters for both. I mean, it was it was pretty close. I do know that Milwaukee had Jazz Chisholm steal like four bases on the weekend. So he was able to steal away. He was able to steal steals with seven. Uh, they tied in home runs at four. Bobby edged him out. Milwaukee edged him out with one more run. And he fell short by about three RBIs. Uh, but also Milwaukee didn't even hit 200. He's under the Mendoza line. So, you know, it's this is another matchup where if that average is bumped up just maybe – 20 points he maybe takes rbis he maybe got another home run if it was bumped up could have swung the other way this one was a close one and i think i think that a lot of us have already said this but just it it just continues to be said justin's the one that said it to me two days ago i think this this division is going to be chaos all season i think we're going to see these teams are going to be jumping all over each other unless someone has a, a a catastrophic injury or a few of them. So I look forward to uh, keeping up with this division all season. We'll go ahead and jump over to the Cape. No, we're going to do that one last. We'll jump over to the Gulf Coast League. And the first matchup we'll look at, we'll go ahead and we'll go with the upset of the week. Um, it was Los Angeles and Seattle, Seattle won seven, six, one. And I don't think a lot of people hold on backtrack. I took St. Louis against Milwaukee. I took St. Louis 10, three, and he took it seven, six. So chalk that up as one dub for me. Uh, this is what I think we, the majority of us probably looked at as the upset of the week, which was Seattle taking down LA seven, six. Uh, he had a, he actually had a bigger lead going into Sunday. And then on Sunday, I know LA actually tied it back up because I remember looking at one point and seeing three upsets in the making. And then I looked an hour later and all three had either tied or flipped the other way. And I was just like, man, this is shit's getting crazy early on. But, uh, yeah, so Seattle took that one down. LA kind of had a hold on offense. Uh, his average was down a little bit. So, he hit about thirty. He had about thirty-three points less than average. Um, Seattle was able to grab steals by one, but then LA took homers by two, total bases by three, just barely edged him out, and he took runs by eleven. Really, where Scott was able to win this was on the pitching side. Um, he pulled off. He won by he won K's. He pulled out quality starts and wins uh, by two quality starts and four wins. Elliot did grab saves and holds with three and four, but then Scott was able to pull an ERA and whip. So, I mean, Scott Scott definitely won it on the pitching side. I know he's got Logan Gilbert over there who's been going crazy. I didn't really check what he did in his most recent start, but I do know that prior to his most recent start, he had the best ERA of qualifiers in the league. So that's something to look at. Um, I did have LA winning this one 10-2, so I was very wrong, as I've been um, 
way too often. We'll go ahead and jump to the other game in that in that uh, league, in the Gulf Coast League, and that was Tampa Bay and Detroit. And this is another matchup that was almost an upset. Detroit was winning this one on uh, literally on Sunday, and Brad found a way to come back and beat him. Brad uh, Brad only had five homers to Detroit to um, Bruce's seven. He did manage to grab total bases by three. Uh, Bruce was able to take RBIs and walks, but then Brad also threw down a seven spot in the steals and he beat him by one in runs and his average was up by 20 points. So, I mean, it was a pretty damn tight offensive matchup between the two. That's great to see this week. Bruce's pitching showed up five quality starts, four wins, a 1.65 ERA with a 0.88 whip. 1.65 ERA and 0.88 whip should win you those two categories every single week. Can you get beaten? Of course. Someone else could throw better than that and, you know, put up lower numbers, but those should win you a week literally every time. He also won five, he also won quality starts with five. Neither had a hold. And Brad was able to take wins by one and saves by three. So I mean, we're talking like this was a seven-six victory for Brad, but he won runs by one, he won total bases by three, and he won wins by one. This could have very easily been flipped the other way, like drastically, which I love to see in the early in the early weeks. We have uh, we have a lot of time. We have a lot of time left this season. And this shit's crazy, and I think it's going to get even crazier as we as we move along. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the Cape Cod Division, the Cape Cod League. We'll start with the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep fucking glossing over. I did have Tampa Bay winning 11-3, so sorry for the disrespect there, Bruce. Way to keep it close. Uh, that's my second dub this week, two out of... The, the four we've done. So I feel good about two out of four. Don't feel good about how it ended. We'll jump to the next matchup. It was the New York Yankees and the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is another one that looked like an upset in the making on Sunday as Arizona was winning. And um, New York happened to, they, they found a way to pull back into it. I didn't see exactly how that happened, but um, he did end up tying it up and they end up splitting the week 6-6. So that counts as a loss. I, will, I had New York 8-5. It's whatever. Um, Arizona took the majority of the pitching, or the I'm sorry, the majority of the hitting. One by three, one three runs. He had six more homers. He more than doubled uh, New York in homers. He had 22 more total bases. He had 13 more RBIs. He did win steals by just one, but his average was up by about 25 points. And then Slade managed uh, to take walks by four, so that's really what saved what saved the week for him to what what preserved the tie. If it wasn't for him grabbing walks, there wouldn't have been a tie. Because then on the pitching side, Slade was able to take K's. He took quality starts by one. He took saves four zero, and then he had the better average and the uh, the better whip three point three nine ERA and a one point one seven whip. So. Yeah, I mean, and just another close divisional matchup. And, um, I, you know, I didn't think my division, which we'll get to my matchup in just a second, this is my division. I didn't think my division was going to be all that close this year, and I already think I'm wrong because my team sucks, which we'll talk about in a second. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We're two weeks in. I thought there would be a little bit more uh, clarity on, like, who's good and who's not, and I just I clearly don't know shit. 
So let's get to my matchup, which is the other matchup in the Cape Cod League. And um, Boston, Blake, like I said, best record in the league right now. Congrats. He took me down 8-6, which I had myself winning 9-4. I was being optimistic. I thought maybe my team would turn up this week. I went, my team, the Minnesota Twins, went Monday to Saturday with zero home runs. And uh, I really was to the point where I thought I wasn't going to hit one. I was hitting 160 on Saturday. 160 with zero homers and I think 31 total bases. Uh, I was able to salvage a little bit on the offensive side. I ended up getting runs with 25. I was getting walks and they were managing to score late in the week. I mean, I was getting my ass kicked the most, most of this week. I managed to pull out walks by one and steals by one. Uh, Blake got me in homers. He had three, I think. He had four on Saturday, and I got a, I got a two-homer a two game from Trout, and I got one from Austin Riley, I think. And then Riley hit another one on Sunday. But Boston, Blake's offense was just too much. He ended up hitting a couple more homers on Sunday, and he just, he just shut me out with that. Uh, I managed to get my average up to 214, but Blake sat at like a 250 to 275 all week. He ended at 276. So, I mean, he really just put it on me on offense. But here's the thing, and you know, it's my team, so of course I might be a little biased here. I was really fucking bad all week. Monday through Friday, even into Saturday, I was really bad. And then my team had like a good day and a half. And I still almost managed to come back and win this. And I'm, again, maybe I'm being biased here, but I think that people should be a little bit worried about that. About a team a team being that bad, but having one to maybe two good days and posting the numbers. Like, I really had two players play good this week. And if I can get, like, five players playing good in a week, I don't know. It's fantasy baseball. Uh, Boston also took me down on the pitching side. I got to the point about midweek where I said, fuck it, I'm throwing everything out there on the pitching side so I can try to win K's because I had one quality start by like Thursday or Friday, whatever day I think Verlander pitched. I had had one quality start over the course of the season to that point. I did manage to pull out three and take quality starts. I did take K's because I threw everything at him. Uh, I pulled out two wins which wasn't enough. He had three. I pulled out a save and a hold. He had two each, so he took me in both of those. And then somehow I was able to win whip with a 1.2, but I lost DRA with a 3.5. And Blake had a 2.75. I mean, I don't know. My pitching is really fucking bad right now. And that's not, that's not taking anything away from Blake, because a 2.75 is pretty damn good. His pitching did really well. But, I mean... <laughs> I wouldn't put my pitching up against really anyone right now. My pitching, my team is so fucking bad. I just don't get it. All right. Yep. So Boston took that down. Um, that brings me to a two and four record this week. So now I'm sitting at a whopping four and eight on the season. Uh, and if it continues to be that fucking bad, I might just have to let nix it. All right. Let's go ahead and. I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to do the power rankings and a preview for next week. All right, I'm back for the second part of the Fantasy Baseball Dynasty League Week 3 Preview and Predictions Podcast. 
Let's go ahead and jump into our power rankings going into week three. And now I'm going to say this again, as I've said it a thousand times. This is all just bullshit. Um, it's all just to make it a little more interesting. If you want to get offended, that's fine. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Uh, if you think I'm ranking you too low, let me know. If you think I'm ranking you too high, let me know. If you think I'm being biased and ranking myself too high, let me know. If you think we should get off of Tampa Bay's nuts being number one, well, someone needs to kick his ass then because he's got the best team in the league. And that's not going to change until we see someone give him a total ass kicking. Brad, I'm talking to you. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, there's not a whole lot of like big movers this week. I know there were some close matchups. There's some like, there's just a lot. Right now, there's a lot of teams where it's like, this team or this team could go up one spot. This team or this team. But, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of set on, like, where teams are sitting. And it's just going to take a little bit before, before I'm able to, like, start moving people up more or start dropping, like, myself, for instance. I'm not, even though I have, like, the third or fourth. Actually, I might even have myself ranked now where I'm at in the standings. I'm not 100% on that. But... It's just going to take, it's take, going to take more than two weeks. If you were ranked, let's use Boston as an example. He started the season ranked at 11. He's not going to be able to get up to two or three unless we see like five or six good weeks, which is literally the same thing that happened last year. If you guys remember right, Boston was ranked middle of the pack, but he just kept like edging people out and he kept winning and winning. And by like week five, six, seven, I think it was. He was ranked up in like the top four, but then he started to fall off a little bit later. So, I mean, it just, it takes a little bit. You got to kind of establish yourself, I guess, is the best way to put it. All right. So let's go ahead and start at number 12. Um, no movement here. I know Arizona had a good showing last week with his split with New York, but I just couldn't, without even winning, I couldn't justify, even though I have New York way up in the standings, I couldn't really justify moving Arizona up yet and moving anyone down because the teams right ahead of him were Detroit, who almost beat Tampa Bay. And if we're talking about almost, I mean, Arizona almost beat New York. So it's like the same thing. Seattle did end up beating the Dodgers and he's ahead of Arizona. So I just couldn't justify moving Arizona up yet. Um, now, if we see a couple wins against these bigger teams, sure, that's different, though. Uh, so, yeah, we got Arizona coming in at 12. Coming in at 11, same situation. Detroit staying at 11. He almost beat Tampa Bay, but he didn't do enough to justify me actually jumping him up two or three spots. Coming in at number 10, uh, fallback one. I do have Milwaukee here. I know that he was. I mean, I was, too. I think anybody would have been hoping that he had a bounce back week this week because he didn't have a very good showing in week one. And he did fall from six to nine from week one to week two. So here week two to three, he's falling one more spot to 10. He did almost beat St. Louis, but again, we're going back to almost. He didn't get the win. It was closer. But realistically, I don't think his team did anything to justify moving him up. And that's why they are falling back one slot. As I do think Seattle did just enough to justify moving up. And that's why Seattle jumps up from 10 to 9. Seattle did beat LA. And LA, who started ranked at 8, did move up to 6. And so I just, I don't know. I think that I was a little bit too, um, I was a little too critical of LA maybe. Which, I mean, he does have a losing record right now. He's 12 and 15, 12, 15 and 1. So, I mean, maybe I wasn't too critical. I don't know. 
Regardless, I think Seattle did enough to get a little bump up, so we see Seattle at nine. Coming in at number eight, I've got Minnesota, which is my team. That's one. That's a fallback from seven to eight. Last week, I had myself ranked at seven. I had Boston ranked at eight. Boston beat me. I see no reason why Boston shouldn't move up one spot to seven and move myself back to eight. So I have Minnesota at eight. I do have Boston at seven. With the win over my team, who has not looked good, that was enough for Boston to jump up one, but beating my team right now isn't like anything to brag about. I, I think I have a very bad team. And so moving him up to seven, sure. I couldn't really justify moving him up further at this point, though. Uh, coming in at six, this is this is the team that I think this year will probably be one of the biggest risers and fallers week to week. He probably has the most volatility and it's just due to the fact that it's a new look and none of us, mainly me, no one knows what to do with this team right now because we don't know what we're going to get yet. This one is a prime example of it's going to take 8 to 9 to 10 to 11 weeks before I really have a hold on what I want to do with this team in these rankings, and that is Miami. So Miami started at 7. Week 2, he jumped up to 4 with his huge Week 1 win. And this week, with his... um. Big loss to Chicago. He's moved back to six. Now, maybe I should have moved him back further. Maybe I could have moved him behind Boston. Um, I just, that's something I couldn't justify because I still, I think that the new look Miami team is better than Boston. But I don't know. Only time will tell. Uh, up one spot is LA. LA did lose to Seattle. So, based on everything I've said so far, you would think he would fall back. But we go back to the fact that I I did have to move Miami down. That I felt very comfortable doing. But someone had to be moved up to five. And despite, despite L.A. taking the loss, his team still did perform pretty damn well this week. So I felt comfortable moving him up to five because I think maybe he shouldn't have been at six in the first place. So I don't know. Uh, coming in at four, falling back one spot with a tie with Arizona, is going to be New York. Uh, Slade's team had a decent week this week. I just think that we saw more out of the team that moved up to three, and I think it was these two teams, in my opinion, are pretty damn interchangeable right now. I don't know which should be a higher, but I do think that it made sense to move Slade and New York back to four, and I bumped up to three, Chicago. With a big win over Miami, who was coming off a big win in week one, I feel like Tyler showed us a lot. And we also know that Tyler's still got that ace in the hole, uh, Fernando Tatis, waiting to come back. I know Tyler's got a few other injuries, but I don't know. I think Chicago is still a force to be reckoned with. And coming in at two and one, we have no change. I have St. Louis at two. Coming off of his week two win over Milwaukee and Tampa Bay at one coming off of his week two win against Detroit. So that will round out the power rankings entering week three. Let's go ahead and get to my predictions for week three. And we can all assume this is going to go just as poorly as it has in the past. We'll start with Tampa Bay and Seattle. I'm going to call this one blowout of the week. I think that I think Brad is going to Brad is finally going to have his coming out party this week and I think that we're going to see Brad stomp a mud hole in uh Scott and Seattle. I've got Brad 112.
I'm going to jump to what I think will be our upset of the week. You can't call it an upset, actually. Nope, can't call it an upset. I'm going to pick Boston to take down New York 8-5 this week. It's just, it's eerily similar to what happened last year. Boston and Blake, he rolled through the first, like, four, five, six, seven weeks. And I want to say he did until it was, like, week eight or nine when he played me and I beat him. That was kind of when his downfall began. But, yeah, I got I got Boston in what isn't considered an upset via standings. It is considered an upset via rankings. I got Boston 8-5. Jump to Detroit and L.A. I think this one's going to be close this week. I'm going to take L.A. 7-5-1. We'll jump over to my matchup with Arizona. Um I just think that my team is due. My whole team is so due, except for maybe Austin Riley, who is, I just, I can't, I say, I was talking to David a few days ago, who I made the trade with, where he got Cedric Mullins and some extra stuff, and I got Austin Riley, and I cannot imagine right now how sad I would be if I didn't make that trade, because Cedric Mullins hasn't been great, and Austin Riley has been He's been the person carrying the backpack that has my team in it. He has just been carrying my team for the last, for the first two weeks. Um, I just I'm so so glad I actually pursued that. But anyways, I I think this is finally the week. I'm still gonna be hesitant on that. I'm gonna give myself the win, even though I'm 0-2 on picking myself already. I'm going to take myself to win this week, and I'm just going to go with a modest 7-6. If it's better, hooray. If, if I lose again, I'm going to have to start seriously considering just throwing L's at my team. Uh, we'll jump to St. Louis and Miami. I think that uh, Miami's coming off a tough loss last week. A uh, big loss, in fact. But I, we, I have St. Louis. I have Justin's team ranked at 2 for a reason. I think that uh, this is going to be a battle. But I think ultimately we're going to see St. Louis come out on top. I got him. I got Justin winning nine five. And with the last matchup, you know, Bobby, I know we're buddies. I'm I'm in, growing increasingly worried about your team. You performed as bad as I did last week. Uh, I, I'm growing increasingly worried, and you're going up against what I consider to be a powerhouse this week. I've got Chicago taking this one down ten three. And I think I think that we're gonna see Milwaukee um, maybe start to. I, I know we're early in the season, and and he keeps Bobby keeps having to tell me that I need to be patient. I need to wait, but I think we're gonna start to see a little bit more panic out of Milwaukee following this week. So I've got Chicago, yeah, taking that one down ten three. All right, guys. Well, that'll wrap up um, everything. There's nothing really going on in the league. I know there's been some free agent stuff lately. There haven't been any trades since the season started, I don't believe. Not that we haven't covered it. Um, we did see a, a couple bids climb this week. Brandon Marsh went up to $2 million. Daniel Bard went up to a million. Both won by the Dodgers. Um, those were interesting bids by him. He only had like he only had like three million available. And then he made a couple moves and freed up a little bit more. So he had about four million, but he just spent three million of it on free agent bids. So Curious to see how that one is handled later in the season. Um, I got a I got a story. 
and I'm I'm curious to hear what some of you guys think about this because I know I don't know who all listens to this for the league. You know, I, I like I've said in the past, if you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to. I just do this for the ones that are interested that talk that I talk to about it and whatever. But uh, the ones that do listen to it, tell me what you think about this. So I'm in this side league, and I think I've mentioned I think I mentioned it last year. I don't think I've mentioned it this year. You keep 17 players. Uh, the 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 rosters, the players you start, it's it's just a crazy league. You keep 17, you have 35 rostered guys, six IL spots, I think. Um, it's a six-pitcher minimum every week. You have to start six guys. And I, I don't like the league. I joined it before last year. I stayed in it for this year just, to, just for one more year to give it a go. I was going to quit after this season anyway, so... Uh, okay, so here's the situation. So I won week one. I'm gonna win week two. I'm like I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna win. And so it's yesterday morning. It's Sunday morning, and I went to make a roster move at twelve at twelve o'clock. Uh, I think the game that I was looking at didn't start till twelve thirty-five. So I had thirty-five minutes. And I tried to move Jock Peterson into my lineup because they had said that um, Elvis Andrews wasn't playing or someone someone in my utility spot wasn't playing. And so I try to move him, and the ESPN app tells me that I'm over the roster limit, so I have to drop someone. So I tried to drop someone, and it just wouldn't let me do it. Then I tried to drop two guys, and it wouldn't let me do it. Then I tried to drop three, and it wouldn't let me do it. So I'm like, well, fuck. So I go over to the ESPN website. I try to do it there, and it does the same thing. I literally tried dropping four players, and it would not let me. And so I go in. There's a group chat for this league. It's a 16-team league. So now that I've told you the roster size is 35 players per roster, you can imagine, like, waiver wire is slim. It's a, it's a pretty damn deep league. Anyway, so I go to the group chat, and I'm tagging the commissioner, who is a very absent commissioner. Like if I was ever like this guy is and just completely absent, I would probably just stop running my league. I would turn my league over because this guy is just never around. He's never around. He's never around to help. He's never around. To, if you have a question, he's never around. Anyways, so I go to the group chat and I tag him like four times. And I'm like explaining what's going on. By this time, it's like 1215. I've still got 20 minutes to make this change. I'm literally just asking for him to go in because I don't think this, I don't see how this would be against the rules. I'm asking for him to go try to LM make the change for me. I just want to get Jock Peterson into my outfield to get me a little extra on the offensive side. That's all I want. His game hasn't started yet. It's not like it's, it's not like we're in the second inning and you know, he's let off the game with a home run. You know, nothing's happened. There's nothing weird. I'm just asking for him to see if he can do it. If he can't do it, so be it. So then someone comes in and they they tag two other guys and they're like, yeah, all three of these guys are like LM status. So these other two guys can help. So then I tag them and none of the three show up. So now, okay, so you can imagine, first of all, I'm already out of this league at the end of the season. Now, second, I'm, I'm furious that it's 1235, games kick off, and none of the three fucking LMs ever showed up. So... You be the judge. Was I was I was I overreacting? I mean, I was tagging for thir- for thirty minutes. I had tagged these guys. Okay, anyways, let's get to the rest of the story. It's twelve thirty five hits. We're talking two minutes go by. I've looked at my roster. I've seen twelve thirty five. I go into the chat. Um, not even two minutes go by. I tag the the LM again, 
And I was like, all right, bro, thanks. I appreciate all the help being sarcastic, being a dick. But I'm furious at this point because I wanted to get Jock Peterson in. We're talking less than two minutes. Someone tags me and says, wow, that really sucks. Jock Peterson just let off the game with a home run. And I'm like, there's no way. In my head, I'm like, there's no fucking way this guy's fucking with me because he sees, he can see in my messages that I'm, I'm not, I'm not happy here. So I go look and sure as shit, Jock Peterson let off the game with a fucking home run. So I went right back to the chat and I said, (laughs) I literally said, yeah, all right, I'm out. I left the group chat. I went and I changed my team name to vacant team and I'm fucking done with the league. Did I overreact? I already don't want to be in there. My team's not that good, despite the fact that they're now 2-0. Uh, j- just tell me, guys, what do you think? Did I overreact? Because I'm pretty pissed. The commissioner didn't hit me up till 7 p.m. Like, he's he's absent. He doesn't... He doesn't get on during the day. He shows up at night sometimes. He's he's completely absent. And this whole another thing that really irritates me is that the whole league it constantly praises this guy for how good of a commissioner he is. And I just maybe maybe I'm just fed up with that. I don't know. I don't know. You guys be the judge. You let me know. We'll we'll pretend that this is um what is it? Uh FBT and fantasy justice. Was uh was I was I being petty and did I overreact? Let me know. Have a good one, guys. I'll uh good luck this week and I'll be back next week.